Hello, and welcome to Making Friends with Squirrels, an ADHD podcast where we talk life with neurodivergency. I'm Kat, your host and fellow ADHDer. Today you'll hear me give you a short overview of ADHD, and then we'll speak with this week's guest. A quick nod to the name of the podcast. I'm sure we've all heard the stereotypical joke that ADHD just means getting distracted by shiny things and squirrels. Here on Making Friends with Squirrels, the goal isn't really to solve the problem of distracting squirrels. It isn't to help improve your life or even have experts come share their wisdom. Here we just want to give a platform to everyday ADHD voices and provide a podcast that's easy to listen to and easy to find yourself nodding along with fellow ADHD experiences. Today, as it is our first episode, I'll be doing a brief overview on ADHD and the most commonly accepted ways in which it presents, but mainly focusing today's episode around inattentive type ADHD. Before I get started, however, if you're listening because you suspect you have ADHD, then by all means, please listen in. But just know that this show is in no way a form of diagnosis, nor is it a replacement for speaking with a doctor. Also, I may use ADHD and ADD interchangeably here and there, but please know I am simply discussing via different information from different sources, as well as from my own experience where I was originally diagnosed with ADD. So, with that out of the way, let's dive in. ADHD, or Attention Deficit Hyperactivity Disorder, the strangest misnomer ever, is defined scientifically as a neurodevelopmental disorder that affects the prefrontal cortex and cerebellum primarily, but also the anterior cingulate, the temporal lobes, the basal ganglia, and the limbic system. According to the CDC, ADHD is defined as a neurodevelopmental disorder that is often diagnosed in childhood and lasts well into adulthood. An easier way to define ADHD, as it is such a broad-spectrum disorder, is to define the symptoms and ways in which people tend to present those symptoms. Children are often diagnosed with ADHD when they present these symptoms. Daydream a lot. Forget or lose things a lot. Squirm or fidget. Talk too much. Make careless mistakes or take unnecessary risks. Have a hard time resisting temptation. Have trouble taking turns have difficulty getting along with others. I myself was diagnosed as a child back in a time when ADD was not only an uncommon diagnosis, but one that was definitely seen as an excuse for kids to be lazy or unruly. Uh, I am aware that this stereotype still persists to this day, but this was very rural Texas in the 90s, so it wasn't really subtle. My particular symptoms that I can remember at least was foremost forgetting and losing things a lot. I can't count the pairs of glasses I lost. Trying to remember to take the correct books or supplies to class was a monumental struggle. I would put up notes to remind myself. I would sit my book directly in front of the door I'd have to leave through to leave the house. I'd literally sit on it in the car so the discomfort would help me remember. And in the five seconds it took to get out of the car and gather my stuff, my brain had already processed five different trains of thought, and none of them were about the book. And so, I was in the office a lot as a kid. A good kid, talkative but kind, always eager to please, but I just could not for the life of me remember what I needed for class. Homework was a horrible, tear-ridden, oftentimes abusive-level struggle. There was screaming, impatience, lack of understanding on all sides. It still sticks with me to this day, the anger and sadness I felt at my own brain, like, why won't it just let me do this one thing? Oh, but there were other symptoms, of course. Those two alone, though, were enough to push my mother to start looking for answers. And this is the start of ADHD, diagnosis, and discovering the reasons behind why you do what you do. The symptoms, as well as others, present in people differently. And because of this, ADHD has been categorized into three major categories. The three main types of ADD slash ADHD are inattentive type, hyperactive type, combination type. Now, there are some like myself that may replace combination type with executive dysfunction type because I feel like it's a more accurate way to describe uh, the condition. But the hallmarks of each type are for inattentive type, 
It is difficult for someone with inattentive type ADHD to, according to the CDC, organize or finish tasks, to pay attention to details, or to follow instructions or conversations. The person is easily distracted or forgets details of daily routines. For hyperactive type, according to the CDC, the person fidgets and talks a lot. It is hard to sit still for long, examples given for a meal or while doing homework. Smaller children may run, jump, or climb constantly. Someone who is impulsive may interrupt others a lot, grab things from people, or speak at inappropriate times. It's hard for the person to wait their turn or listen to directions. A person with impulsiveness may have more accidents and injuries than others. For combination type, symptoms of inattentive and hyperactive ADHD are both present. Today, as mentioned at the beginning of the episode, we're focusing on inattentive type ADHD. According to Healthline, inattentive type ADHD in adults presents as missing details of becoming distracted easily, trouble focusing on the task at hand, becoming bored quickly, difficulty learning or organizing new information, trouble completing homework or losing items needed to stay on task, becoming confused easily or daydreaming frequently, seeming not to listen when spoken to directly, difficulty following instructions, and processing information more slowly and with more mistakes than peers. I personally am more of a combined executive dysfunction type, so I myself can't really speak to the life of someone with exclusively inattentive type ADHD. So that's why I spoke with Melanie Yates, a friend of mine who was only recently diagnosed with ADHD as an adult. So we will cut to our talk. Hi, Melanie. Hey, Kat. So, um, like I said, you were only diagnosed, what was that, last year? Yeah, in October 2020, which is, oh, it was a weird time to get diagnosed. but (laughs) (laughs) It's a weird time for anything to happen. Yeah. So, yeah, kind of like tell me what were your suspicions that led you to seeking a diagnosis? Well, um, it was kind of a path that came a little bit full circle for me. I, um, you know, went to graduate school um, to become a social worker and ended up working with some high school students. And I, you know, work in working with those students, you, you end up learning a lot about yourself too. And I think that's kind of the, the blessing of, of being in, in the social work field. Um, but, um, when, what, yeah, when I was working, when I was working with those students, um, I started noticing, I was like, that particular kiddo has some straight, some traits (laughs) that are really similar to me. And, um, so in looking for resources and stuff about um, about um, ADHD for my students, I started to notice like, oh, <laughs> this might be you, not just them. Um, and so that happened in about 2017. And so then, you know, I was able to finally find somebody and um, get on that process to get diagnosed in, um, in 2019. Right. After speaking with a therapist about it. So, uh, and you are, uh, you're on medication, right? Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, so it doesn't really matter. I mean, like everybody has their own particular medication that they take, but what do you feel like, what is the biggest differences that you see between unmedicated you and medicated you? Oh, that's a good question. Um, I didn't know I was, I wasn't focusing on things. Um, yeah, (laughs) I, I realized some things so quickly after I, I started medication and, you know, I don't mind sharing, I'm on Vyvanse and it works really well for me. Mm -hmm. Um, but what I, um, what I ended up noticing was that I had been taking like Okay, like time after time after time to read paragraphs right. of like a, you know, like, you know, a, a, a source text or a book. I don't like to read books because I ended up forgetting a lot of things and like rereading. I like to listen to audiobooks because of that. 
Right. Um, but so I realized I was like, oh, I can read paragraphs. <laughs> I've read uh, like half of the book since, you know, since then. And I, um, I was able to, you know, type faster and focus on typing more quickly, um, which was something I didn't know was being affected by my ADHD. So just like simple little things like that, but also it on the grander, um, the larger, you know, picture, I have more motivation. Yes. To do things. That's my biggest thing too is uh, I have changed being like, you know, before it would be like, I would let things build up until I had that pressure to be like, oh, now I have to get everything done at once. And now mm -hmm. I have to kind of do bits here at a time. So I'm not overwhelmed all at once. Yeah, it's a huge difference. Mm -hmm. Yeah, for sure. Uh, so according to uh, Healthline, their big things for inattentive type ADHD kind of present in these specific ways. Uh, so I'm just going to kind of go through them and you can tell me what resonates with you, what doesn't, if it feels like you, if not. Uh, just so, you know, if anybody hears a story, they're like, hey, that is also me. <laughs> so people don't <laughs> feel so, you know, it can, it can make you feel kind of isolated. Or I think the most incredible thing about talking about, about ADHD is one, figuring out all the things you didn't realize were ADHD caused. They're not just personality <laughs> quirks. And then right. also, like realizing that you're not the only person in the world that does this one thing like it's mm -hmm. kind of nice to be like what me too so <laughs> yeah uh, for the sure. main hallmarks uh main hallmarks of inattentive type uh the first one is missing details and becoming distracted easily yes <laughs> <laughs> a check in the yes column see this mm -hmm. is why it makes it so impressive you got a master's degree because college was having the motivation to make myself sit down and do stuff was so hard for me when I right. had free time. Well, yeah. And I like, there were several people who asked me like, how did you do that? And I look back and I was like, I don't know. And then yeah. I learned about the concept of body doubling, which will go back, but apparently I was doing that. I just didn't realize I was doing that. So yes. did it help <laughs> you a lot if, uh, cause I know with me in particular, if Kevin is around, then I am much more likely to get work done if he's mm -hmm. doing stuff. So did it help a lot if if Garrett was was doing things? Yeah. Um, well, I, and then I would always, because Garrett is like one of the, <laughs> love my husband, but he, I love him too much. He distracts me. And yeah. so, um, <laughs> so he ended up being one of those things I would much rather spend time with him than do my stuff. Yes. Oh, I know. Right. Well, Kevin, luckily, you know, he plays so many video games and stuff that he zones out on that. I know that if I talk to him, he cannot, unlike me, have his brain do two different things at one time. So if right. he's playing video games, he can't focus on what I'm talking about. So it's kind of nice because I'm like, if I talk to him anyway, he's not going to be he's going to be like, what? What did you say? So but him right. doing things and like, I can't go to bed at a normal time on days when mm -hmm. it's a shift. Like if I'm at home sleeping by myself, I won't go to bed till like one in the morning because I have, but if he's home and he goes to bed at 10, I'm like, yep, let's do this bedtime. Right. And I'm that's myself. Yeah. It makes it so hard. Yeah. He helped Garrett helps me in that way because he like, I'm naturally like a night person and yeah. like I do better at sleeping the whole night through. Um, when I, when I have someone else, um, um, go to bed with me and like, you know, yeah. have that set bedtime because otherwise I'll stay up until four and sleep until 12. And that's just like <laughs> exactly. the way my brain works. <laughs> I know. And I'm so bad. Like if I go to bed at time with Kevin, then I can do routine, you know, like I'm like, I'm like, wash my face and yeah. you know, brush my teeth and take my medicine and like do all these things. And then if yeah. I go to bed by myself, I'm like, eh, brush teeth. That's fine. I'll do the rest later. <laughs> so. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, do you feel like uh, which you just discussed, so I'm sure the answer is yes. But uh, did you ever mm -hmm. feel like you had issues with trouble focusing on the task at hand? Yes, yes. Um, I, I like I was in a lot of extracurriculars in college, and I would always be. They were the thing that motivated me to stay in school because if I didn't stay in school, I couldn't do those extracurricular things, right? Yeah. Um, but also I was very distracted by them and I would want to focus on those things oh, and God. not like what I was supposed to be doing. <laughs> <laughs> so, 
So, and now it's like more household management stuff that distracts me. I'm like, if, if that's not done, then I get really stressed out and I'm like, I gotta get done. (laughs) Uh, Do you find yourself uh, becoming bored quickly with stuff? Yes. (laughs) I, I will, I will like pick up hobbies um and be so excited about them and i think that's the thing that's the where i'm very similar to like i think people that have combined type or hyperactive type um where i will pick up things and be like so excited and then like i don't know like a week later i'm like i want to do something yes (laughs) so yeah the the jumping from from exciting thing to exciting thing. it's so hard all you're like all you're like is like i just want some serotonin just give it to me yeah but brain like i don't know go do this thing maybe that'll do it yeah um yeah do you feel like you have a difficult difficult time learning or organizing new information yes um prioritization is is hard um and like being able to um i used to work in a lot of groups um when i was working in my previous um settings um more like a a social work team yeah and in this more recent job that i've had um we were kind of isolated islands you know just one person one clinician and so it was kind of hard because you didn't have anybody to talk things out with right and come to find out that previous workplace i was at that i fit so well in three of the other people had adhd and did not tell me until <laughs> i was public about my diagnosis neurodiverse people just attract neurodiverse people it's just how it is yeah we're all magneted to each other okay so what was the question is gonna be like um the way that they have it written down, which I feel like is kind of two separate things combined, but whatever, is mm-hmm. trouble completing homework or losing items that are needed to stay on task. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like completing, like, it's more like the staying on the task. Because um, if it's not a task that, like, stimulates me, then I won't continue doing it and, until I have enough pressure to make me do it right (laughs) um (laughs) um but i didn't i losing things was not really a big thing for me Uh um i um had a lot of had a lot of compensation in that in that regard i think um i was in a, a group in a household that was very neat and organized right and if you were not that way, you would get in trouble. Oh, yeah. So it's just straight chaos because pretty sure my mom <laughs> is also ADHD. So, <laughs> yeah. Well, and I think that was the thing is like, I think my grandmother's patterns and habits, though, maybe a little bit OCD herself. Yeah. Um, I, I think it helped me kind of, kind of gain some of that organization and structure that I needed to like. Yeah get through things no so i could see that i mean like i think maybe if i had grown up with someone that at least was more consistent with stuff instead of you know just like because my mom is very much like me where everything would get to the breaking point before she was like we got to do something about this classic adhd right so um which now i feel bad because here i am being like maybe if there's more consistency and then basically i let connor's room (laughs) my son's room get to the point that it's like okay there's not a floor in here. (laughs) 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 Right. Well, and I think it's like, it's, it's not, it's one of those things where it's harder to be motivated. if you know, it's not going to stay where you, where you put it. Oh, absolutely. You you don't hit that reward. Yeah. Cause you're like, what's the point of doing any of this? It's going to be undone in an hour. So yeah. (laughs) Uh, Let's see. Uh, Do you feel like you have issues becoming confused? Is date becoming confused easily or daydreaming frequently oh my gosh (laughs) okay so this is my like hallmark symptom um the one that um people saw me do and just didn't know i had adhd (laughs) um 
I I was a huge daydreamer when I was a kid, always dreaming, always thinking mm-hmm. of things in the back of my head, coming up with scenarios. I still do it. I like think about, but now it's more practical. Yes. <laughs> yeah, I was really good at like creative writing and stuff as a kid because that's all I did was come up with stories and all this fantasy <laughs> stuff in my head during class and just and it wasn't like you know I can daydream and listen at the same time like you know right. I've developed the skill over the years that you know so I can I can have my own thing going on but also actively participate in a conversation so yeah. uh you know like I said it helped me be really creative as a kid and it helped me do really good at things like creative writing but yeah now as I'm an adult it's just split into like I can have a conversation and also work on a grocery list <laughs> right so it's yeah boring. <laughs> yeah that's I'm always on the Kroger app like clicking things <laughs> while I'm um listening to something or talking yes, to my exactly. husband and it's to the point now that I have to like I'm so used to it like I have to have a podcast or an audiobook or something going pretty yes any time that like I need to do something else at the same time because I'm like the front part of my brain that I have trained to actively listen to things is like, no, I'm bored. I need something to do. Yeah. And that's I I, because I when I first got a a cell phone that was like a a phone that was like a mini computer. Right. My first iPhone. Uh um, When I was able to listen to YouTube on the go, I I realized I was just doing podcasts and YouTube. and (laughs) Yeah stuff constantly yes. <laughs> um but yeah. yeah I was really um I I was more like creative in the sense I like liked to dance and I've always really liked to watch shows and stuff and mm-hmm. um I drew and so um writing was not that skill that I got which is funny because a lot of inattentive people usually are pretty decent yeah. at that but see uh so it seems like the next one is seeming not to listen when spoken to directly i'm on to you <laughs> no can you imagine if this whole time was just like melanie melanie <laughs> it would probably be very very you know somebody out there would be like right same <laughs> now if somebody like I've had people come up to me since the list is since like I told them I started talking to them about that and they're like you are like that but it was like retroactively I think if somebody brought this to me it would be a little bit different you know right yeah um but I <laughs> I think I I I can seem to listen oh yeah and pretend that I'm listening yep absolutely um yeah, masking. Yes. <laughs> that type of masking. <laughs> but yeah. Um I definitely um I get stuck in my own thinking sometimes during conversations. Like like somebody will say something and then I'll go off on a yes. tangent in my own head. What about uh, Kevin will do I'll do that with Kevin all the time. He'll say something and then that'll make me think of something else, but I'm not gonna inter- I'm like, I can't interrupt him right now. Cause he just got started on his story. But then it just keeps going in my head and he keeps telling his story and finally he gets to the end and I'm like I what didn't did you hear say? any of that. I'm so sorry. Start over. <laughs> He's so used to it. I mean, it's been, you know, over a decade. He's used to it. But yeah, I, I can, I don't seem like I'm not listening, though. Seeming not to listen when spoken to, I seem like I'm listening. Yeah. I may not be listening, but I see, I, I have trained my, probably as a kid, it was probably a lot worse. It was probably very obvious that I was just like off doing my own thing in my head. But yeah, as I've gotten, older, right. I've definitely trained myself to at least pretend. Like I'm yes, <laughs> yeah. I think that's where it's gone for me too. Do you feel like you have difficulty following instruction? Um, I don't feel like I do, but people have told me I do. Right. <laughs> so like- that's one of the ones where I'm like, I don't really feel like it's that hard, but I I don't I do make mistakes quite frequently. So. Yes. I mean, but I know like I'm kind of the same way as you and I know with you having done, you know, advanced, you know, postgraduate studies and whatever, there's a uh difference between like difficulty following and like 
oh, I, if somebody tells me to do something, I can't do it. Or like if somebody gives you written directions, so you read it, that's how I am. I'll read it 15 times and then write yes. my plan. So I know, so I know I probably do have difficulty following instructions. I've just found ways to work around to be like, you have to make sure that you actually do this correctly. Right. Well, and I think that like the thing about breaking it down is like a compensation thing that you've been doing because I don't do that and I always make mistakes. Yeah. And that's why I, I mean, I, I I'm learning hard. I can. And then there's plenty of times that I'm just like, hey, I read it. I've got it. And then I get to whatever I'm doing. I'm like, I did the exact opposite of what I was supposed to do. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So many, so many papers written before I realized oops oh <laughs> I was do the opposite of this oh well um, yeah. so the last one that Healthline kind of lists is processing information more slowly and with more mistakes than your peers um yes oh my gosh I well and I I don't know if I have there's an additional processing disorder that you can have on top of ADHD yeah. it's called slow cognitive tempo mm -hmm. and I do wonder if I have that as well oh yeah um, but, you know, I, I think that that slow processing speed and like it taking longer is definitely like my, when I w went and got diagnosed, it, as affirming as it was for me, my, the psychiatrist, which they're all the same, yeah. like, I feel like they all have the same um, um, characteristics but he was basically like it takes you like three times as long to do things as other people you need time modifications <laughs> for work and yeah. I was like but it's good I know. know like it's upsetting uh, but at the same time you're like but at least I know and I can at least I know I work for to be like I'll get it done just let me yeah this exactly time. yeah uh let's see here um so yeah that's kind of all the main hallmarks so yeah I would say definitely not that I am diagnosing you by any means because you're already yeah. diagnosed. But yes, you know, you kind of hit on every single one of the uh, the main hallmarks of inattentive. Not all of them apply to me. Um, you know, like I don't really have trouble focusing when I'm doing a specific task. Like I'm pretty good mm -hmm. about switching my hyper-focus from one thing to another. Um, oh, yeah. And I have a hard time with that for sure. Yeah, I've been. So that's interesting. Like, I know if I'm if I'm working on school, I can make myself work on school for six hours straight, even if it's boring school. Um, mm -hmm. Like, I may not necessarily enjoy it, but I can make myself do it. But I can't hyper focus. You know, like I can either be divided like I feel like in my brain, you know, mm -hmm. like I can do this and this at the same time, but they won't be super focused on. It'll be, you know, se like segmented focus. But if mm -hmm. I really want to get something done, yeah, I can like get myself to hyper focus on that, but then nothing else is going to get paid attention to. Right. Oh. Yeah. Um, which is both good and bad, especially when it comes to parenting. Because maybe sometimes you were hyper focusing on school and then turn around and realize that your toddler has drawn all over the wall with a marker because you couldn't focus on two things at one time. Yes. <laughs> um, yes. And I don't really have, like I said, I don't really have trouble completing homework. Um, other than the motivation to get it done. But once I get started, yeah. I can knock it out. And I don't really have trouble. I think I'm the opposite on processing information because I always feel mm -hmm. like I'm like eight steps ahead of what people are saying, not in like a, I'm a genius way. <laughs> My brain is right. going a million miles a minute. So I'm like, oh, I've already been at this part of the conversation. Catch up. <laughs> I've already done all that right. in my head. Come on. So. Right. And I think that's like the difference is like I have like always constantly moving thoughts, but they may not be moving in the direction of right. the conversation yeah. because I'm inattentive. So yeah. I'm like somewhere else, <laughs> but I've thought like three steps ahead on that thing. Yes, exactly. And so, um, so let's see, kind of like the big five questions that I have for everybody when they come on mm -hmm. is um, what are the biggest ways that you feel like ADHD has or does impact your everyday life? Um, so daily issues that I deal with my, my ADHD symptoms, the biggest, I mean, it's going to sound like I'm listing like a symptom chart when I say <laughs> this, um, but, um, the main ones are sleep. Um, I have issues with insomnia and delayed sleep phase. And so, um, I have to like stay on a schedule and just like use lots of lavender essential oil. Sometimes that really doesn't help me focus. And yeah. I've seen that it's like distracting. So I 
if I really want to focus, I have to hit, use like something like focus music or something like that. I used to, while I was doing homework, actually, like this is a tangent. So, um, I, you know, I used to listen to a lot of like Dr. Phil videos, like more like hate yeah. watch Dr. Phil videos on YouTube. Um, <laughs> and so, um, I would, you know, because I was so familiar with it that I would just be able to tune it out in the background. And that's kind of how I would, I would use those, those videos in the background so dr phil was just kind of in the back of my head you probably seeped in there that's dangerous you shouldn't do that but so um do you have uh any other ways that you feel like it affects you uh day to day um yeah um the the main ones really for me um are issues with my um short-term memory um yes I and well, and I like people are like mom brain or, you know, they, they talk about yeah. that all the time. And I'm like, I've had that since I was in like my yes. mid 20s. <laughs> like, yeah. I did feel like it got worse after having a kid for a bit, which was mind boggling to me. Yeah. So I was like, I already can't remember, you know, like I could have breakfast an hour ago. And this would be like, what do you have for breakfast? I was like, I don't know. <laughs> Like it was, I don't know. It doesn't, my brain was like, that is not a priority. Don't hang on to that. Yeah, um, exactly. But yeah, then after I had a kid, it got to the point that I was like, I could have dinner like five minutes ago and I'd be like, where am I? What is that? <laughs> am living I in the right room? Yeah. <laughs> am I in the right room? Oh no. It was bizarre. <laughs> I know. It does go away relatively quickly, but I was just like, what is happening? I feel like I'm like half high all the time. Right. Right. Well, and I like, We'll start doing things um, and then I'll start another task and then I'll be like, no, I was doing that. <laughs> I'll go back and yes. forth. And it, oh, man. It's the worst when you're like cleaning. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. How anything. I, I've gotten to the point that I'm like, if I find anything when I'm cleaning that belongs in another room, I cannot leave <laughs> and take it to that other room because then I'll be like, oh, this stuff in this room needs to get done. I have to be like put it in a pile and be like, everything here goes to Connor's room after I'm done in here because yeah yeah if we had a if we had a bigger place like that would be because right now like that is probably why I'm so tired after I clean is because like yeah I walk back and forth and you know and then I'm like well what was I doing before oh yeah like I was about to water the plants and the the water pot is overflowing now because I left the water on in the kitchen (laughs) oh man um but yeah the Uh, memory and then like like related to that time blindness i just don't ever know how long it's going to take me to do to do things and so yeah that- i have that really bad like getting ready to go somewhere mm-hmm. it's really hard because i'm like i need to you know take the dogs out before i go i need to make sure connor's ready i want to put on makeup i have to do all this and so yeah now now i have to like especially when i start on things like makeup where I'm like, I don't have an exact like set of steps, you know, right. where it's not like, you know, Connor, I need to put on his clothes, you know, help him put on clothes, pick his clothes, whatever, make sure he has shoes. That's it. All I got to do, you know, to get him ready. But then like with makeup where it's like, what kind of eyeshadow am I going to do? What kind of That's <laughs> whatever, you know, I don't have a yeah. So yeah. I'm like, I have to set a timer on my phone and be like, or an alarm and be like, it's 20 minutes till you need to leave or whatever because otherwise I'll just be like putting on makeup and then I'll look down and I'm like it's five minutes past the time that I was supposed to be I missed a psychiatrist appointment doing that and I like thought I had an alarm set or like an alert set on my calendar and and I didn't yep that's the worst (laughs) when I forget to put my phone I did that exact same thing with my psychiatrist and she like texted me I did it with my therapist too and both of them texted me they're like you showing up and I'm like dang it I thought I had it in my phone if it's not in my phone I'm not gonna remember yeah exactly <laughs> I, need the, I need the alarm being like hey you, your brain is not gonna help you remember but I, I got you fam yeah I'm here for you yeah. thank you google calendar <laughs> um so yeah any any other ways that you can think of um I mean those are the like generally the main ones is you know um and then, you know, there's also like, I think, you know, for a lot of, a lot of people, 
um, just general self-esteem. Um, and that's like one of the things that like, you know, drove me back into therapy in the first place was like wanting to like improve that for myself and, um, not realizing that, you know, I had ADHD and then that was also impacting, um, self-esteem. And so like, you know, obviously if you have, you go like undiagnosed for (laughs) 30 years, you're gonna, you're gonna have some self-esteem issues related to that. Yeah. But I, I think that a lot of that for me has, um, really improved. So good. Good to hear. Um, how do you feel like how do you feel about having ADHD like does it represent something positive to you or negative for you and I I think that for me like I'm still really like coming to a reckoning like with how I feel about the diagnosis itself but you know my process in getting diagnosed last year was really affirming and yeah my psychiatrist was really like really nice and um you know, when he was running tests on, on me and stuff and like told me, he was like, you're actually very smart, but you know, a lot of people probably don't perceive you that way because of how long it takes you to do things. And I was like, thank you. (laughs) I know. (laughs) But, um, no, so that was like really affirming and like helped me to like, be like, I have this sudden explanation for why I'm so different. Um, right. Yeah. And to not feel broken. Yeah. Yeah. Or like, I like just can't do things that other people can. And like, why can't I do it? So frustrating in your head. Yeah. Um, it's hard when you get diagnosed as a kid too, because then it's, you know, you just really can't, you know, you feel so ostracized. Right. Being like, I don't know why my brain won't just do what other people want it to do. Right. And you don't really have the, uh, you know, the ability to speak up for yourself, you know, to in the same way you do as an adult, you don't have the way to rationally be like, uh, you know, I need to discuss this with you, teacher, as to right. the issues I'm having. You know, they're just like, this is the rules and you better follow them. So, right. Like, it's not like yeah. if you're seven, it's hard to self advocate for yourself <laughs> at seven, yeah, you know? Exactly. <laughs> so, yeah, that, that whole aspect of it is, is, I would honestly even say pretty universal across the board. Yeah. You know? the type so yeah yeah for sure um I do I do think like kind of on the flip side of that you were were talking about like um how you were talking about how um it can be ostracizing and like you know I I think when I was diagnosed like there was a period of just like I have you know community now and I have like all these you know common this commonality with people but then I was like angry. <laughs> I was really yeah. angry that like because I was a girl and because I was mm. um, you know, my I my symptoms displayed differently and I wasn't hyperactive, yeah. that I didn't get that attention that I really probably needed to like help me. And I didn't get any accommodations through anything. Yeah. And so that was you know, something that I think, you know, I was like, what could, what could have been different in my life if I had have been diagnosed like a, like, you know, when I was like in middle school or something. Yeah. Yeah. So, but you know, at the same time, like that's a what if, and it's, you're not going to get the answer to that question. So I feel better about it now, but yeah, it's hard. It's hard at first. I mean, I can't speak as speak to, you know, being diagnosed as an adult, but as someone like I was diagnosed as a kid, but then my mom, um, for some reason, I had myself convinced by the time that I left high school and moved away from home that I was just I was, you know, I was on an antidepressant Mm -hmm. and then I was on like an anti-seizure medication that, you know, worked with the antidepressant, which not that I had seizures, it was just to help. and. Um, you know, I had, I had like several mental health related Mm -hmm. medications. And then on top of that, I would take an ADHD medication. And so by the time I left and I went to college, I was just so sick of taking so many pills. And Mm -hmm. I felt like I was finally independent. And I was like, how many of these do I actually need? You know? Right. And then of course, like 
didn't have you know because back then I was off my parents' insurance because mm-hmm. there was no no Obamacare letting you stay till you were twenty three right. years old. So you know they'd already kicked me off the insurance, uh, or you know it had to be kicked off the insurance. So I didn't have the money mm-hmm. to buy you know, the medication anyway. And it was so funny because at the time I was like, uh, you know, about the time you and I met and stuff, mm-hmm. you know, I was kind of when I was getting to the point that I was like, I'm going to stop taking medication. And it was so funny because I went from doing relatively well to kind of everything falling apart. But I always blamed it on other stuff. And then mm-hmm. now looking back, I'm like, man, if I had just stayed on medication, I probably would have done really well with a lot of stuff. But I was just so it's almost like I was diagnosed as a kid and then I kind of grew up with it. And then I had to rediscover yeah, and be like. No, this truly does impact you. This wasn't just like a thing that you had in school. You know what I mean? Like, right. it felt like a little kid thing mm-hmm. that no longer applied to me. And then I got older. And so it was like getting re-diagnosed almost where I was like, oh, now I have to realize all these symptoms and how they're impacting my actual life. So, yeah, I totally feel that where it's like, you know, for me, it would be in college where I'm like, maybe if I had taken it seriously, I could have gotten the accommodations that I needed. And I wonder how things would have gone and if it would have been different. And right. Well, and then, yeah, kind of uh, I, th- I think that like, definitely, like one of the things that I've, you know, seen a lot with people is that their goal, and I think something that's like, forced on them by their parents, too, is because of the stigma of medication, you know, and I think, you know, like medication is like there for you if you, if you feel like you want to go that route and you want to take it, you know, that's, you know, uh, completely up to you. But I think there's a lot of parents that are like, want to make that decision for their kids and want to tell them the medication's bad and you shouldn't be on it. And the goal is to get off of the medication and yeah, to like, it as a crutch until you don't need it anymore right so I think for me like you know I I think you know whatever route you want to go I think especially while you're younger obviously like try meditation try exercise try the you know the other treatments um but you know I think for me like I I definitely needed the supportive medication so yeah same as me I you know, it's what it's true. It's like one of those things that you don't realize what a big difference it makes until you get on it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like, uh, I see people all the time in like some ADHD groups. I mean, that they're like, yeah, you know, uh, a lot of them are like women's groups and they'll be like, hey, I just got diagnosed. I really don't want to do medication. What are some other alternatives they all have? And there's so many times I want to be like, I promise I'm not trying to push drugs on you, but just try it. Like, right. you can always get off it, but like, you're not going to know the difference until you've at least tried it. But then again, of course, I get that that's hard because, you right. know, lots of times you got a medication jump until you find the one that's that's right for you. you know? Yeah. So. And I think a lot of people just like they they think like, you know, the first one that they're on is like all the other ones and then it's just not gonna right. work for them if the first one doesn't. And, and so that can be there hard too. medications that don't give you terrible dry mouth, so don't settle for it, people. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? Well, and like, I, I for, for me, like, uh, like, you know, what I'm on now doesn't give me the horrible side effects that I had at the beginning, but the side effects were hard. And so, yeah, it's a strong drug. So it's, mm-hmm. it, it is, it does have impact, but you know, yeah, the good definitely outweighs any of the bad for me because yeah. there's ways to work around the side effects usually. Yeah. Uh, in one way or another. I used a lot of cough drops when I was using Adderall because mm-hmm. the dry mouth was so, so terrible. Yeah. Oh man. Well, and I think, you know, Vyvanse is definitely the right, <laughs> the right one for me. Um, yes. But like, you know. I think um, there are still like not so great side effects. Like I feel perimenopausal sometimes. <laughs> like, I just oh, get hot yes. flashes, and so mm-hmm. that's fun. <laughs> You're like, yeah. what is happening? I to told me? You, I got that. Plus, then I would be taking fertility medications, and I felt like a crazy person <laughs> at the time. It's like I don't know what's going on whatsoever. I'm just living in this body, and I don't know. I'm making do. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh, all these strong drugs. Um, mm-hmm. Do you think that 
you know, we've talked a little bit in here about how, like, we've learned now as adults to kind of, you know, appear like we're listening at least, or, you know, know how the daydreaming has changed to focus on more adult things, stuff like that. Do you feel that some aspects of ADHD kind of prepared you for the, like, actual real world, the adult life? Yeah. Um, well, I think that there's, like, two main things that have really helped me. Um, and I think the one thing that you can say for, like, ADHD women in particular is that, like, we have grit. And that's, like, a new, yes. um, you know, a new catchphrase that people love yeah. to say these days is just, like, having grit. But, like, you know, we will work work it until we're done with it True. and that's like one of the things that you know i think i in particular have is yeah. that i will just like come at things from a different direction until i find the right, right way for myself and then it's true you know. i would always definitely think of you as a hard worker <laughs> um and then the other thing is like which is sometimes it gets me in trouble too but i'm also proud of it so uh, uh -huh. um but the but like questioning and improving things um yeah so like i you know i do wonder like why we do things in a certain way and it, like if there's a different way that we can do things so like yeah um and it helps me like find gaps and services and stuff like for for yeah. other people but also you know improve you know procedures at work or or policies but mm -hmm. of course like you have to be very very um ginger about the way you ask about those things right it's got to be very diplomatic approach yeah. Like, yeah not trying to say your crap is bad yeah but, but i am <laughs> but i am gonna tell you everything yeah yeah um <laughs> no i think it's a good thing about adhd is is the ability to see things from other perspectives yeah for sure well and that's like um, I'm not very good at convergent thinking, but divergent thinking, mm -hmm. like, yes, okay. divergent thinking, bam, ADHD, yes. got that <laughs> so, um, what do you think, you know, like we kind of discussed it earlier, but overall, uh, with your particular upbringing and, you know, the way that we grew up in, you know, very small Texas towns, mm -hmm. uh, how do you think that your life would have, or would be like now if you didn't have ADHD? Well, you know, I used to, because of, you know, growing up in our, our small taxes down, it's going to bring my accent back out, but, um, I know, right? but, <laughs> um, but I, you know, growing up the way, the way we did, um, you know, kind of in this small environment, it's hard to know, like, whether or not things would have been different, but I can kind of see now that I live in a bigger city and a different, you know, place, yeah. the way that school is different for kids mm, that go yeah. to school. And especially with Garrett being yeah. Yeah. a teacher. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, you know, I might not have had some of the same opportunities, you know, if I hadn't have grown up in that environment. But um, I think for me, um, just um empathy my empathy yeah. is and sensitivity to things is so strong and like i would not have i don't i don't think i would have that so strongly and have that care for others in the same way if i didn't have adhd so it's yeah i could totally see that yeah i was always very much the uh befriend kind of the outsiders type people you know person yeah in school and stuff and I think a lot of that came from the fact that you know th you know watching other people and the way that they operated and then realizing that I felt like my own brain wouldn't let me do the same things kind of made me feel you know like I said earlier a right. little bit of an outsider yeah despite outward stuff inwardly you feel you know like something is wrong but you don't know how to fix it and so right. yeah I think, I think same thing you know empathy and stuff became really strong for me because I was like I feel like I'm left out or I feel like I am an outsider mm -hmm. and so I feel really bad for people that have struggles that cause them to not even necessarily be you know uh delegated to like kind of the outside of social circles but just 
anything the people that kind of struggle to fit in with society and whole or society you know deciding that people don't get to be a part of it yeah so yeah it always pulls me towards um very like the underdog type situations yeah definitely I definitely feel the same way and I think you know for me like um I know you know like leave past family history and stuff out of it um I you know growing up you know in in my tiny little hometown um where I was a racial minority but also like was different because I had ADHD and I was probably the only person in my class like looking back maybe two other people had it but they were both boys and Mm -hmm. so um you know I I I kind of had that experience where I had um where I had like been left by you know left out by other people and was kind of bullied like that happens to a lot of kids with ADHD um yeah where they have you know you have social quirks that you don't know are there you know um yeah exactly and so I I think for me that was kind of part of that experience for me and that like knowing that now and looking back on that I'm like oh (laughs) that was part of it and you know I think it's it's good to know that um and I think it's it's good to have that, that understanding now that I'm older and right. and stuff like that. But I do think that, you know, if I hadn't have had it, that maybe I wouldn't have had some of those harsh experiences that I had when I was younger. So true. Yeah, it's weird to be like things would be different, but it also would have. Yeah, I wouldn't I may not be in the career that field that I am now, honestly, yeah. if I have not um, experienced those things. So true um and then yeah last question is just what are some ways that you have found to work around uh with your adhd to make life easier the uh the prime example one of the things that inspired me to start the podcast is uh a post that i saw with somebody who it was like a tumblr post i think that was talking about how one woman was saying that she knew that when she washed the laundry she was not going to fold it the same day Mm -hmm. like yeah it just wasn't gonna happen and ours is the exact same way it gets piled on the bed and then we come to bed we're like oh we're too tired to fold clothes so we put it off in a laundry basket Uh, and then we need to find a laundry basket so we dump it back on the bed and it goes back and forth and stuff falls on the floor and then eventually you're just kind of like i don't know what's dirty and i don't know what's clean throw it all in the washer and start all over right and so she talked about how she was like um you know, now I have three laundry baskets. One's for dirty, one's for clean, one's for mystery. <laughs> and, <I'll sort> that. <laughs> and I was like, this That's is amazing. the most brilliant plan to just be like, I know that my brain is not going to work the same way. We're just going to roll with it. Right. And so do you have any kind of like little quirks like that for you that you've realized, you know, I have to put 17 sticky notes and that'll work or something like that. Right. Well, and like a lot of the stuff for me, I'm still like, I'm a work in progress. Um, right. But I I think for me, obviously, um, I have like my treatment protocols, which help me. So like for me, that's um, making sure that I, if I don't take my medication, literally first thing in the morning, like I take my medication and then I make my coffee. I don't go brush my teeth. I don't go do anything. If I don't take it first, I'm not going to take it. <laughs> so yep. that's like, I have a little medication reminder on my phone that yeah. plays the same little yeah. like over and over and over again until, you know, I find, which that's been nice is having to train myself to be like, you cannot hit confirm or okay on this until you have actually done it. Right. You will let this annoy you to death until you have finally accomplished this task right so yeah that's that's been mine for taking medication but yeah i totally understand the like routine of being like i have to do this first before anything else happens right yeah i do yeah and routine is definitely like a big thing for me um and then just not trying to do everything all the time and then feeling like a failure when i don't do it (laughs) so yeah um i like you said like talking about how how that person had like said that they weren't gonna do you know the 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 put up the laundry on the day that they wash it you know I think for me I definitely had some overwhelm happen to me when I got married and 
you know, was managing, you know, the household and working a full-time job. And, um, I got a little overwhelmed by all the like household management stuff. Um, and that had never happened to me before. So, um, I think for me, um, just learning how to not do everything at once. Cause I think my brain seeks so much dopamine, <laughs> like yes. it wants you to complete the list of tasks and not just the one yeah. task. And so for yeah, me, it's like, just, that. Finished it. Woo. yeah, just like ha- taking off every little task and like, you know, kind of making that, uh, like a celebration for, for yourself. Um, when you do not the whole big, like, I'm going to clean the house today. No, like break it down into like smaller chunks than that. And, you know, and, you know, have your to-do list. And then every time you get a task done, then you've accomplished something. And so, um, that is really helpful for me. And, you know, just having a household management system where I don't do, I don't make myself do everything in one day where I like, um, where yeah forcing yourself to stop is a huge problem for me yes um so i have like um i have a system where it's like one day's the kitchen deep cleaning of the kitchen and then i just have the basic tasks that i do every day so it's like wipe counters sweep floors do a load of laundry that's the basics that's the basic stuff And then yep, yep. Out of, after that, then I can, you know, like, okay, I'm going to wash the kitchen rug or whatever, you know, but yeah, exactly. Um, and so d- having that system has really helped me not feel so overwhelmed with like household tasks and stuff. Yeah. But I think for, for me, um, like workarounds when it comes to um, other things is like, Sometimes I just have to like set an alarm for like, for example, I have a, I have a problem with one more thingy. So yes, <laughs> um, especially like before you leave the house. Yes. <laughs> um, so I, I, I have to, I like have gotten in the habit of setting a timer for when I need to leave and then like yeah. looking at it and, and being like, no, if you start doing this right now, you're not going to leave on time. And just like yeah. internally being like, no. And then yeah. congratulating myself timer. for leaving. <laughs> yeah. I have like a visual timer, like a visual countdown yeah. timer on my phone. And yeah, when I like have really important stuff like that, I'll just turn it on and then leave my phone somewhere that I'm going to walk past it over and over again. Right. And then that way I'm like, oh, yes, right. I'm running out of time. Right. Yeah. It helps helps a lot just to have visual reminders. Mm-hmm. Um that aren't necessarily because that's the hardest part right is like you know mm-hmm. so many tips that are for neurotypical people you know things it's like we'll leave a sticky note you know right. like if i lose sticky video, notes if you yes <laughs> i can't do that. like Kevin, if he's gonna leave in the morning and he needs to remember his lunch the night before i'll put a sticky note on the front door you know that's like don't forget your lunch that works perfect for him yeah. you know and I'm like, but if I go to leave, I'm just going to ignore the sticky yeah. note. Like, I'm like, like, I'll see it. And then I'll be like, put on my shoes. And then it just becomes invisible to me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, I'm like, my brain's like, I've already read it. So I don't need to engage with that anymore. Right. And then, of course, you're like, oh, I'll totally remember. And then you absolutely don't remember. And so, yeah, sticky notes do not work. But that's the funny thing is, you know, well, they don't work for me. I know a lot of people they are like, if I have 17 sticky notes leading down the hallway, yeah. I will remember by the time I get to the hall- into the hallway. And I'm like, I'm so glad it works for some people. But yeah, that is not one of the things that's like, there's some visual reminders that work yeah. well for me. And there's other visual reminders that are just useless. Uh, well, and I think the thing with inattentive, um, one of the like my best workarounds is like keeping all of my like, keeping all of my notes in the same like little thing. So in my field, people carrying around yellow legal pads like that's like a thing and they have a pad folio with them or whatever so I got into the habit of like writing all my stuff in a yellow legal pad and then I realized I like when I was taking notes one day for work I was like I don't remember things unless I write them down immediately (laughs) 
yeah, like, exactly. I like, need to go on paper or on my phone. It's gone. Yeah, exactly. And so for me, I'm definitely more of a paper planner type of person because I, if I see like an app on a phone, I will just ignore it. <laughs> like I, just, yeah, exactly. I can't. And so I, I do have a calendar on my phone that I use to set up appointments and stuff. And I use that for my main like appointment management because it's easier yeah. to coordinate with my husband and stuff because we have to coordinate stuff together. Right. But um, but I, you know, just having that, like write it down and just having a page for like every day. And then you can look back at the end of the week and review it or whatever. And so that right. way, and that's also if I like, I use a sticky note because I used to be really bad about using sticky notes. And then I would just have a place in my pad folio where I would put all the sticky notes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> where they go. This is where they go. And then I put them, <laughs> put the stuff that's written on them in the pad folio. So that way I'm not like constantly losing right. sticky notes like I was before. And so, yeah, it, it just having it all in one organized container really helps me um and so and now I've, I've you know got some workarounds of how to transfer that into um into like text so there's apps that on your phone that do like um text to type and you can like yeah. scan it in and so that's really helpful for me because I actually have a really hard time like like dictating like typing while people yeah. talk um that's one of my i think because of my memory and focus like they just don't play nicely yes. for that yeah um and so yeah i could never be a sports stenographer yeah no i could not <laughs> that's like my nightmare <laughs> unless i was on like hell a bunch of drugs to <laughs> be like get this brain in order yeah 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 no i i've, I've thought about that so many times of like stenographers not not the job for me it's just never gonna happen um but yeah so i i started using those like um those apps where you scan scan in text and i've tried like things like where you talk it into text and stuff but like uh, i feel I like you have something like writing totally rock your world oh yeah no i've got something for you ready for this mm -hmm. I want to get one for my D&D &D notes because when we're mid-game, if like, you know, they do something that's unexpected and I have to come up with a random character or some jazz like that, I need to keep track of it. So if it comes up later, you know, I like, I'm not like, oh yeah, I don't remember their name or their, you know, like yeah. anything to do with it. So usually I just write it down because it's easier for some reason, you know, that's just it's more comfortable to me than typing it, which is ridiculous because I'm reading from a computer. Right. No, but, but I feel the exact same way. <laughs> yeah. Like I, it, it settles better with me if I write it. Mm -hmm. So I really want one of these for a while I am doing that, but there is a thing called a rocket book. Have you heard of it? I think I, cause I, I was looking just recently have been like looking this stuff up about like writing pools uh -huh. But I, I, I think I've seen it. But yes, Rocketbook. It is uh, this like notebook. Um, you open it up. It has paper that is non-traditional paper, but apparently is not very uncomfortable to write on. You know, mm -hmm. it doesn't feel like that kind of gritty, re, you know, stuff you can write on and wipe off. Right. Um, it's supposed to be very easy to write on, and it has registration marks in the corner, mm -hmm. so you can like write a whole page. And then scan it in your phone, and it is designed for that, and designed to take it and make it into editable text. Oh, that's cool! In uh, yeah, and then whenever you're done with it, you throw it in the microwave, and it erases. What? Yeah, I know it's freaking bonkers, but I really want to get one because it seems super handy. Well, that's like to be able to be done, and then just like take a picture, and then be able to edit it on the computer without having to transfer. Right, it. and that's my dream. <laughs> you know, yeah, I'm like I. Oh, so it and used it as a Christmas <laughs> You're like, dang no, it. No. Um, well, we might get each other the same thing this year, I guess. Um, <laughs> but I, I think, you know, the, the, it has the, like the double of being like, I feel really wasteful paper planning. Like, I feel yeah, exactly. like, you know, I want to like be healthy for the environment and paper planning is not like the most healthy yes. thing. So um, but it's the thing my brain wants to do, so I've got to figure out something. Yep. That's nice. 
yeah we should you should totally look in yeah but rocket back i gotta uh, wait writing (laughs) yeah or it'll be gone okay it's it's in there (laughs) awesome cool well melanie thank you so much for coming on and doing the first episode with me thank you for having me kat i really enjoyed it yeah, it was really fun. I'm excited to have you back in a couple of weeks when we talk about stereotypes. Oh, that's a good one. Yeah, it'll be fun. It'll be fun to hear it from both of us that kind of have two different uh, experiences of diagnosis. Right. So uh, kind of not like obviously everybody's are different, but kind of the opposite of childhood versus adulthood. Right. So. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, it'll be fun. It'll be good to talk about. Cool. Well, uh, yeah, we're going to wrap that one up for there, but... Uh, Like I said, thanks for talking with me, and we will hear from you again. Thanks, Kat. Folks, thanks for listening in to this first episode of Making Friends with Squirrels, an ADHD podcast where we talk life with neurodivergency. Today's episode was researched and hosted by me, Kat. Our guest today was Melanie Yates. You can find her on Instagram at Melanie Yates, M-E-L-O-N-I-E-Y-E-A-T-S. The music for this podcast is written, performed, and produced by Brady Gandy of JBG Studio Works. Find him and his work at JBG Studio Works on Instagram. You can find the resources for this page and information on guests on the website, makingfriendswithsquirrels.com. This show is released weekly, so please keep a lookout every Thursday for a new episode. (laughs) Well, I say that now. If I miss a release, just know that it's likely due to, you know, ADHD. Next week's episode will focus on hyperactive type ADHD. I hope you tune in for that discussion, but for now, be safe, be kind, and don't forget, those squirrels are friendly, you just gotta make them a friend. Bye.